Now, here's a great story for you. I love these stories about people who just go from one path and then completely change their minds and go on another path to investigate a whole different way of life. I'm going to introduce you to our next guest. It's Tom Jokinen. He's a man of many talents. He's been a radio producer, a video journalist, a cartoonist, and even a railwayed, railroad operator. More recently, he quit his cushy job, as he calls it in TV, to work for eight months in a family-owned funeral home in Winnipeg in Canada. He wanted to find out more about the changing funeral industry because it's changing all over the world the funeral industry and from this he's written a book called Curtains Adventures of an Undertaker in Training and I think from all accounts he got more than he bargained for. Hello Tom Hi Sinead um, how, how did you go? It seems to me in reading the book that you certainly got much more than you bargained for Well I didn't know what to expect I mean I uh, when I worked for CBC radio and television um, I had done a documentary on the changing trends in the funeral industry, a, a world I knew absolutely nothing about. It's very dark, very insulated, uh, kind of like Alice's rabbit hole. I mean, uh, somebody passes away, they sort of disappear disappear into the care of uh, the professional undertaker, and we don't know what happens. I mean, they're gone for a couple of days, and then whammo, they pop up again at a funeral or, or as a, a bag of cremated ashes, and nobody really knows. And perhaps a lot of people don't want to know what goes on in that uh, dark period in between. But I thought, you know, here's a here's something that uh, is pr- probably arguably overdue for a, a peak from the outside. And I happened in the in the making of this doc to meet um, a third generation undertaker in Winnipeg, which is on the Canadian prairie, uh, who felt the same way that it was about time that his industry uh, opened up the windows and let some air in and uh, allowed an opportunity for people to peek in and see just what happened there. And that's where we cooked up the idea where I'd actually go and work for him rather than be a fly on the wall to work for him as an apprentice undertaker, learn the trade the way he did and his son uh, learned it and and his staff learned it by doing, uh, which is the tradition in that um, uh, trade is uh, to learn as an apprentice hands-on, literally uh, dealing with the dead. Now, you're talking about Neil there, who's the man that you worked with, mm-hmm. and there was Neil Sr. also, who, um, like you said, it's it's been handed down from generation to generation, and we find out by the end of the book that Neil's life changes quite significantly, but tell what did you learn from Neil? Because he, he came across as a remarkable character, actually. Uh, he Yeah, he was... Um a rebel. Uh, uh, he, uh, his father was uh, Neil Senior, uh, and his uncle Carl ran this funeral home in Winnipeg uh, after inheriting it uh, from uh, Neil's grandfather, uh, an Icelandic immigrant and the first embalmer in this western province of Manitoba. Uh, these were traditional undertakers, the way Neil put it. They embalmed everything that came in the door. Uh, so uh, they were the they were the folks who uh, who uh, embalmed the body, put it in a casket, uh, uh, displayed the body at a funeral in an open casket at the church or the or the funeral parlor, uh, buried the body in a cemetery. This was the way everybody did it. Um, uh, it was a tradition that uh, uh, was just uh, given, and nobody really questioned. Uh, why we did uh, why they did things this way it was just accepted and it wasn't until neil came along and uh started to get uh, 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 glimmers of uh, a revolution in the works um after uh the publication of a book called the american way of death by jessica mitford uh in which she introduced the idea of uh cremation as an option it was just starting to catch on uh and neil said this is the future and he um 
wanted to bring Winnipeg into the 20th century by uh, telling families there was another way of doing things, by uh, uh, not by spending tons of money on an expensive casket uh, and buying a burial plot, but cremating and, and working out, using your imagination to work out a ritual of your own. Uh, and uh, not necessarily following some sort of cookie-cutter tradition that was, in fact, invented by the funeral trade in the first place. And I'll tell you, it, his his own industry uh, uh, took him on, and, and, you know, what he was talking about scared them because he was, it was like saying to um, an automobile salesman, uh, it's time to get out of cars. He was telling them it was time to get out of caskets, and they didn't like that. And, Tom, but what about people themselves, the community that were going to him for help at that particularly you know, vulnerable time of their lives? How do they respond to it? Uh, well, I mean, what, it, what he was saying to them was, uh, the decision is yours. It's not the decision of the funeral director. And I think even in the experience that I had working there, uh, sitting in on arrangement conferences with families, uh, is a lot of the times, I mean, there's so many social pressures uh, and taboos around death. It's not something people talk about. Uh, and they're, it's all, they're embarrassed to, uh, to have to deal with uh, decisions um, uh, because they're at a loss for what counts as a meaningful ritual. You know, uh, uh, it may be for uh, people who have orthodox religious beliefs, um, there is a, a prescribed formula and there's comfort there. Uh, but for those who aren't necessarily observant Muslims or observant Jews or observant Catholics, um, it's, it's, a wi- it's a wild west. It's wide open. And, and so people would come and say, What's the right thing to do? What's the normal thing to do? Well, uh, that kind of question, if if presented to uh, a salesman, is an incredible sales opportunity. Um, uh, For Neil, it was what he was trying to help families understand was that if they uh, uh, really thought it through, um, they would come up with something interesting. You know, do you want to hear music? Do you want to... um, uh, uh, have some readings? Do you want to present a PowerPoint presentation? Do you want to do something other than have an, an event in a funeral home? Would you rather have it in a restaurant or a pub or in your backyard? Uh, would you like to uh, scatter the ashes or would you like to have them uh, set out on a, on a small model wooden boat as he did on um, Viking uh, Lake Winnipeg yeah. uh, and have a Viking funeral, yeah. you know? Uh, set it aflame and, uh, and let the let the boat uh, burn in the water. Uh, these are the kind of things he, he suggested people uh, use, their, use their own imaginations rather than uh, point to a picture in a catalog. So I think people certainly found that liberating. You're on 7.20 Afternoons, and I'm um, speaking to Tom, Tom Jokinen, who has written a book called Curtains, Adventures of an Undertaker in Training. Now, Tom, I, I'm kind of interested in this journey you had over the eight months. So when you went in on the first couple of weeks, what were your first impressions of this industry you've kind of, you were immersing yourself in? Oh, boy. You know, I mean, you, I, I, I guess I went in with a head of steam, right, thinking, okay, I can handle this. I'm uh, uh, going to maintain some sense of journalistic objectivity uh, and, uh, and maintain some emotional distance and, and create this uh, barrier. You know, uh, tell me how many uh, times in a person's life that they claim that they're going to uh, protect themselves uh, from bizarre and strange and moving experiences and, and, and find out that more, more happens than what they bargain for. And that's I, – I really honestly wasn't prepared for uh, confronting that much death. Um, 
uh, and the first few days, yeah, I mean, there's it's a startling experience to encounter uh, the dead human body, and um, uh, interesting to find out even from day one just how uh, the people that work in that world um, uh, deal with it, uh, uh, not matter of factly, but um, uh, gently and with respect. I mean, I, I I met Natalie, who was the chief embalmer at Neil's funeral home. Uh, when she was uh, combing out, brushing out a woman's hair, and she was cradling the hair uh, gently in her palm and br- and pulling her brush through it as if she was working in a salon, pulling the brush brush, brush through gently so it wouldn't snag, you know, as if uh, she didn't want to hurt the lady, uh, the, and the lady was dead. So, it, 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 but this these are the little things that uh, that showed me right from from the word go uh, that the people that work in this world actually um, uh, deal with. Uh, a great deal of respect with uh, the 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 people that they uh, they have to work with every day, um, and that took a lot of getting used to. Just um, uh, you know, this conflict between uh, knowing that these are people, but also knowing that they're completely gone, completely vacant, completely empty. Um, it's 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 sort of a the kind of conflict takes a lot of work to to iron out in your mind. It's lovely to hear though that people are being treated with so much respect. Um, you know, at that moment, I mean, even for myself, I just think, oh well, I'm I'm really glad that that's the case. You know, that well, I wish it were true like. all uh, you know 100 percent of the time. But look, I don't want to be naive and a Pollyanna here to suggest that that's the case all over. I would like to think that you can, in in hiring somebody, uh, can spot somebody with a sense of humanity um, uh, and spot the salesman and know which person to do business with. There are certainly people in this industry that have, uh, 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 you know, are jaded and have lost their sense of awe and respect for the human body. Um, these are the people that you would choose not to do business with. Uh, but I think we're all pretty good at, uh, at judging character. Um, I certainly was lucky in in discovering Neil and his staff and knew instantly that these you know I, I worked with a woman named Adina who had worked in a in a senior citizen's home and she discovered that uh, for the families uh, when when a relative died they said the worst thing was working with the funeral home it was difficult so uh, so that's why she became an undertaker she said these people need my help as much on the other side as they do on this side Tom, you said so in those first few weeks, you you were quite shocked by the amount of, of death you were seeing, which in itself mm. was kind of almost a strange thing to say. What about later yeah. on when you're coming to the end, you know, at the end of your eight month stint? Did it yeah. get easier? Um, it Well, you know, it, it, because I'm not doing this as a... Uh, an observer that I'm, I, I have to accept that I'm, I have to do the job. So the job every day is going to the hospital to pick up a, a, a body and bringing it back to the funeral home and participating in it, in the embalming, if that's what the family's chosen, or more often than not, uh, cremating the body in the uh, in the crematorium. And I got to do it right. I've got to do it professionally. I've got to keep my uh, uh, wits about me and and do it successfully. So yeah, I built this sort of defense of um, uh, having to um, uh, normalize it as part of my day. Uh, and uh, at the same time, you know, um, everybody, you you learn about these people. You, you, I, these are people I never knew when they were alive. I only knew them as uh, as uh, when they were dead. Uh, but you know, you'd learn from their obituary who, what their name was, who their kids were, who their grandkids were, what the name of the dog was, what their what they did for a living, uh, you know, what their hopes and dreams were. Um, so uh, certainly, always um, 
never forgot uh, the fact that this is a very human event, the ritual that we're responsible for uh, pulling off. Um, but uh, but yeah, there's there's a necessary distance in having to do this uh, as a job. Yeah. Um, now that you've written about it, has that helped you kind of cope with that experience? Uh, well, you know, it wasn't a shattering experience. It was an eye-opening experience. Uh, it certainly taught me about um, uh, accepting um, my own mortality, which is not a bad thing. Uh, I, I, I happily live in denial and repress these kind of things if given the opportunity. Uh, but uh, it's hard to uh, pretend as if it's not going to happen when you when you face uh, you know five corpses a day uh, knowing that the night before they were they were alive and breathing and that tomorrow there'll be five more now uh, uh, interestingly enough these were usually always elderly people um, the fact is people live a long time now and uh, you, you know people don't tend to die uh, young like they did a uh, hundred years ago and they don't tend to die on the job the way you know people d- did in doing dangerous work a hundred years ago it's just a, it's a, it's a different reality now and so to pretend that it's not natural that it's um, it's a mistake or it's uh, there's something wrong and somebody needs to take responsibility and perhaps Parliament can do something about this. You know, I'm against death, and I and I and I want my representative to to bring up a private members' bill to outlaw it. Well, I'm afraid that doesn't that's not that's not possible. But it's possible to accept that that it's natural and uh, allow it to um, give some urgency to living. I like to think that uh, having gone through this exercise, uh, uh, this fact does uh, add some urgency to my life. And opens up the seas rather than uh, to exploration rather than closing me in. Well, Tom, thanks very much for joining us on Afternoons today. The book is often very humorous. It's called Curtains, Adventures of an Undertaker in Training. I mean, someone asked you, what do they feel like? And you said chicken fillets. Uh, that's <laughs> what, is, what does a corpse feel like? Yeah, well, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. There are the yeah. times I read it and went, oh, shocking but funny oh. at the same time. Ah, good. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, a, it's an honest report from that strange that, land. It is indeed. Thanks very much, Tom. Thank you.